Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Follow Monica on Twitter at Monica on Air Talk. On Facebook at Monty Matthews. This is How You Live Life with Monica Matthews. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Monday to you, Monday after Mother's Day. Every day should and could be Mother's Day. I hope that you will take the opportunity to really let that sink in as mothers and fathers go. I know my own mother has struggled greatly with being separated from those she loves during this COVID-19 shut-in. She's still being called to shut-in because of her age, not health complications, but we are uh, wrapping our arms around her and making sure that she has the company that she needs and the help that she needs and that she knows she's not alone. Um, So I want to encourage you to take the same opportunity to make sure that your elderly, your loved ones, especially those who are by themselves, um, are okay, that they know you're there for them, that they know someone cares. Very, very important. Okay, yesterday I spent the better half of two hours opening up my phone lines here in Atlanta. You can hear my show every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on 95.5 WSB Radio. That is an FM station. We are Atlanta's premier, as well as the Southeast and the country's premier conservative talk radio. Uh, You can catch us also on AM 750 for those of you who are on AM. Uh, All of my favorite ham operators, you guys know how much I love you. Uh, Because one day, (laughs) we're going to need you. So, thank you for being the geeks of the world. I personally appreciate you, and I wish I knew more about it, but I don't. I spent the better half of two hours on my show yesterday talking with my daughter about the Ahmaud Arbery case. If you do not know that name, you quite possibly live under a rock, but it is the case of a 25-year-old black male who was uh, allegedly jogging down a street in Brunswick, Georgia, predominantly white neighborhood. Um, he He was not unfamiliar to the area. Um, uh, father and son duo see him, uh, decide to take it upon themselves to attempt what ended up being a fatally flawed attempt, um, at a citizen's arrest that resulted in the death of the 25 year old. Uh, He would have been 26 this past Friday in his mother's first mother's day without her son. All those things as a mom really, you know, play, uh, into my heart, my compassion and my mercy, uh, as a parent of a bi-ethnic daughter, uh, I can tell you that there are things that, like it or not, that my daughter and I adhere to whenever it comes to living sensibly in this country. Uh, we are not naive to the fact that there are people who will simply never let go of um, the hmm, the history of the of the 
or the, at least what they think their history is of the Confederacy and what they think the Confederacy stood for. Uh, so, you know, I talk about biases a lot on my show. I talk about the condition of man, uh, the fallen man, not from the perspective of black or white, but the fact that any form of racism is simply this. Um, Somehow God decided that he was going to make one greater and one lesser than the other. That is a man-made construct because nowhere in the Bible will you find that. You will find noble purposes and ignoble purposes in terms of uh, what people were created for within the body um, of, of creation of Christ, uh, but that in no way, shape, or form, um, I, I, I would argue that that is how man sees other men and women. Um, we have, we have man-made constructs that, that will, we will likely never overcome. We cannot celebrate in this country the fact that we have overcome those old Negro spirituals of we shall overcome, right? Beautiful, beautiful hymns that I wish more of us would get back to quite honestly in our churches. But the sad part is that we did overcome thousands of years ago whenever the Lord Jesus Christ ascended, right? We're coming up upon, we're coming up on Pentecost here shortly. So when he went down into death, snatched the keys of death from hell, right? Forgave all of our sins, um, healed all of our diseases, and then subsequently resurrected and then ascended. That, that's the order of things. A lot was taken with him that if we would simply um, believe and practice and appropriate in our lives, beginning in the church, beginning in the black church, particularly beginning in the white church as well, who has um, who has adhered to this narrative of white guilt, because we do not know how to appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ. We just don't. I'm sorry, but we don't. I hear it time and time again. I hear it come out of people's mouths. They uh, they speak very quickly on issues of race. I had a lady call yesterday who was convinced that this was a racially motivated uh, case because, and I, when I asked her why, she, she sounded like she was a white lady from up north, uh, Georgia, ni- very nice woman. But when I asked, why are you so sure this is a racially motivated case? She said, simply, I watched the video. Now, the sad part of all of this in this discussion is that justice really was thwarted from the beginning, and it had nothing to do with the fact that Ahmad is black. It is because there is a systemic issue within this particular uh, judiciary, within this particular circuit. It is, it is bad news. It is the bad news crews. They are bad actors. Now, my attorney general in the state of Georgia is calling upon the Department of Justice Federal prosecutor, uh, Bobby Christine with the U S Southern district, uh, Trump appointee. He is, I adore him. I've met him. We have communicated a number of times regarding criminal gang statutes, federal, uh, the need for a criminal federal criminal gang statute, uh, our best practices here in Georgia as well. Um, we are on the same side of justice. Uh, I don't think you'll find between uh, him and Vic Reynolds, the director of the GBI, I don't think you're going to find two gentlemen who are more interested in, in pursuing and executing justice in this case or any other case. And it's not because mob rules. Now, I did have a caller also yesterday um, 
call me out for using the term mob rule. So I'd like to take this opportunity in my podcast to remind us all that mob rule is a social construct. It has nothing to do with the color of the mob. So there. Uh, But people hear what they want to hear. This is something you have to get used to. Uh, It will save you in your blood pressure, for sure. It will save you a heart attack or a stroke when dealing with people who will simply never hear the truth. They will never see the truth. And that was the whole point of my show yesterday. The whole point of my show was to ask the question, can justice be served blindly? Is she blind? And by virtue of my very own callers, which my phone lines lit up after having to shame my audience for not getting outside of their social media safety, their, the keyboard warriors of complaining and, and trying cases and exercising and executing judgment and justice by mob rule on in the social court system, which I call BS on. It is dangerous. We don't know exactly what happened. We can guess. And if you watch the, the longer version of the video, it doesn't take much to, 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 to guess that that kid was trying to get away from them and he was gunned down. He was outmanned and he was outweaponed. <laughs> and there was another lunatic uh, videoing the entire thing. And it does appear that he was being chased. I would not refer to this as a modern day lynching. I think terms of that nature are, um, are hyperbolic. They're dangerous. They're reckless. That is a term that you will hear my mayor in the city of Atlanta use on international television because she herself is a racist. She is a bigot. She is a racist. She has done nothing but stir the pot of division in my city for the past four years. And I suspect she'll serve another term because she has people whose pockets are lined with all of your sports money who care to see her stay in office. Because there are other pockets that have been lined due to real estate deals, um, municipal bonds, you know, things that deep, deep, deep pockets, deep pockets. So, and not to mention the fact that we do have a sector of white guilters, pearl clutchers in my city who will simply not show up to vote. I don't care who you put in there. You could put Jesus himself. God himself could descend from the heavens and put himself on the ticket. And I guarantee you this same elect group of folks would not show up to vote for the betterment of their own city and to the detriment of the very black people that they feel so sorry for. And they feel so good about donating to every Sunday whenever they put their little $20 in their church's pot. I'm calling BS. You want to make a difference. You want to get these people, if you can go there, out of office. You want to replace it with people of integrity, people who understand governing, people who understand how to build bridges, people who understand unity is more than a hashtag. Oneness is more than a hashtag. Oneness involves celebrating the the history of the city as we've rebuilt, as we've come up from the ashes, literally, Literally, our city was burned to smithereens. We do not celebrate how far we have come collectively, black and white. When you drive through my city and you see art that has been commissioned, you will largely see black cultural faces and art. And so be it in, ter- in terms of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., my godmother, Alveda King, uh, the entire King family, Staple, Hallmark, 
of our pillars of our community here. Family is still a pillar of the community here. Of course, we're going to celebrate how far we've come. Can we celebrate the fact that we have, in fact, done it together? No, we can't. So Atlanta, once again, our hashtag should be the city too busy to not to hate, but too bitter to forgive. Uh, now, in this Ahmad Arbery case, uh, U.S. district attorneys condemn recused prosecutor recused prosecutor. Now, if you'll follow this case, what you're going to find is that justice may in fact be thwarted. I hope not. It won't be because of the color of this man's skin. It will not. It will be because there's a systemic issue of obstructing justice within Glenn County, period. How do I know? Because Miss Small, Miss Small, I want you to look that name up. Miss Small of Glenn County was gunned down in the front seat of her car who was struggling with mental illness. The police officers subsequently can be heard on their videos remarking about their marksmanship, which you can see are a spray of bullets about six rounds shot through her windshield because they were in fear for their lives. She did not have a gun. She had her foot on the pedal of her car after leaving them for quite a while on a slow speed chase. She was not well. Caroline Small. Look that name up. It will it will disgust you, first of all, and it will further my case that this is not a case of racism as the world wants you to believe. A National Association of District Attorneys is condemning the actions of a prosecutor who eventually removed himself from the Ahmad Arbery case and expressed concern that his handling of the case could prevent a, quote, just outcome. In a strongly worded statement over the weekend, the National District Attorneys Association took particular issue with George Barnhill's issuing a detailed letter exonerating the McMichaels on April 3rd after he had concluded that he had a conflict of interest in the case. The association has 5,500 members and represents two-thirds of state and local prosecutor's offices. Uh, they go on to say, we must strongly disagree with DA George Barnhill's decision to share his opinion of whether Greg and Travis McMichael should be arrested after he decided to recuse himself from the case, the association said. The association letter said the letter could influence jurors and make another prosecutor's job more difficult. No prosecutor should inject his or her opinion into a pending case to the point where she or he becomes a potential witness and risks compromising the just outcome of a case. Even before he was appointed by Attorney General Chris Carr to prosecute the Arbery case, Barnhill advised Glenn County Police not to arrest Travis McMichael, 34, and Gregory McMichael, 64. Uh, the case made almost no progress for the two and a half months that followed. After a two-day investigation, the GBI on Thursday charged both with felony murder and aggravated assault in the case. Glenn County District Attorney Jackie Johnson brought Barnhill into the case the day of the shooting records show. Her office already had decided to recuse itself because Gregory McMichael had worked as an investigator at the department 20 years before his retirement last year. Johnson has not explained why she picked Barnhill, I think we can all guess why, who was elected in 2014 after a long career as a Waycross Judicial Circuit prosecutor. After reviewing the evidence, including the now infamous 36-second video that shows them at Michael's confronting and shooting Arbery, Barnhill told Glenn County Police the morning after the shooting that he believed the men were justified in their decision to pursue 
Arbery. He also argued they shot the unarmed 25-year-old in self-defense. Carr officially named Barnhill the prosecutor four days later after Arbery's family complained that Barnhill had a conflict because his son works as an assistant DA in Johnson's office. The prosecutor officially recused himself on April the 7th. He had acknowledged his conflict of interest by April the 2nd. At that point, his involvement in the case should have ceased, the association said. Instead, District Attorney Barnhill wrote a letter, which has now become public in which he offered a gratuitous and detailed opinion regarding the hurdles to any prosecution of the individuals involved in the shooting of Mr. Arbery. A.G. Carr last week also said that Barnhill would never, should never have accepted the case under the circumstances. Barnhill's role has become a source of bitter contention between Glenn County Commissioners and the DA's office. A county review of the case found that Barnhill met with Glenn detectives on the morning of February 24th and by noon had advised them that the act was justifiable homicide and for detectives to continue their investigation, provide him with lab reports and any additional pertinent information. Police had taken the McMichaels to headquarters for questioning the afternoon of the shooting and called Johnson's office for advice. The county report says Johnson's assistants told the police that the McMichaels posed no flight risk and should not be arrested. The assistants also said the department had a conflict of interest and would bring in another prosecutor. Two commissioners, Peter Murphy and Alan Booker, have questioned the propriety of Barnhill's being involved in the case so early. They have blamed his February 24th advice against arresting the McMichaels as a key factor in the long delay in the investigation. These commissioners also accused Johnson's office of telling the police to, quote, stand down after they contacted her office for legal advice. Johnson has labeled their assertions false and put the blame on Glenn County on Glenn police for failing to do their jobs. In a statement, Johnson dismissed the commissioner's accusations as an attempt to make excuses and ignore the problems at the Glenn County Police Department for which they are ultimately responsible. As evidenced by the events of this week, the GBI was able to investigate, make a probable cause determination, and make arrests within two days of receiving the case. That is what law enforcement agencies do. Uh, that's what a law enforcement agency does, is what uh, D.A. Johnson says. Johnson confirmed that her office had suggested Barnhill confer on the case after she had determined that she had a conflict of interest. Now, let me ask you something. You are a district attorney. A case comes before you. You recuse yourself. You tell the officers to stand down. This is just, this is as good as gold because this happens in the city of Atlanta as well. We constantly pass the buck. We have stand-down orders that come from the mayor's office. Then the chief passes those stand-down orders on to police officers. Then everybody passes the buck to the magistrate court. This is how it works. In the meantime, guess who gets to be the victim of every form of social, mental, psyche, psychological assault? You and, and me. You and I. I get to be, I'm a victim as much as you are. You know why? Because we have done nothing but talk about this case for the past four days. And this is not going to get any better. And every bit of this could have been avoided. Now, as the DA, why would you refer the case to Barnhill when you know that he has actually worked with one of the, who should be a defendant, with, with one, of the, one of the defendants in this case? Why would you do that? Why would you refer the case to someone who has had direct contact with one of the defendants? 
So there's no passing the buck in this. There should be no passing the buck allowed. So all of this could potentially equal obstruction of justice. But again, I assert, I'm telling you, and I will stand on this, it is not because of race. It is because this is a systemic issue within the Glenn County Judiciary, period. And we deal with it here in the city of Atlanta. So I'm, I'm begging you as a, as a person who has other things to do with your life, other things to concern your mind with, your heart, your soul, your energy, such as keeping yourself healthy, being there for your children, being there for your mom and dad and your grandparents, being there for your spouses, being there and ready to work whenever the country completely opens back up again. We need you to be whole and to be sound and to be healthy. And the only way to really execute that is to get the facts of something, make your own assertions, do not buy into the rhetoric of the day. You've got sports stars uh, sounding off about this, this lynching narrative. Um, lynching was a horrible, horrible practice. My daughter likes to say it was a, it was a disgusting display of intimidation um, to, to the extreme that would have an extreme outcome. And we live in times of extremity. So I'm asking you to take your foot off of the gas in the conversation. Whenever you see things like this circulating online, align yourself with the facts of the case and understand that this is a systemic issue that we have from the top down. We have from Washington down. We have from the FBI down. We have from federal agencies all the way down into the states. This is a systemic issue of injustice. And the only way that's going to start to shift if, is if people no longer ex- accept that things are exposed, but they're not prosecuted. Things have got to go through the proper channels in order to get to the exercise of justice. And just when you thought it could not get any better, it is Christmas morning here in the state of Georgia for me. Ah, we have a breaking development. Apparently, there's going to be a new prosecutor appointed to the case of Ahmad Arbery, as apparently now we're on number three, or four, actually. But this is like the ultimate of Christmas mornings for me. You know why? Because this is a black female prosecutor, uh, graduate of UGA, of course, uh, completely beloved by the community, but she just happens to be, wait for it, a Republican. So yes, I'm gloating because there's a part of me that looks forward to what our beloved mayor who cannot seem to keep her own streets in order, much less our state, uh, with regard to renegade, um, uh, what would you call them? Drag racers. That's right. We have a gang of drag racers who take our interstate hostage for a couple of hours, setting off fireworks, uh, donuts, uh, you know, basically endangering the lives of thousands of people every time they decide to, uh, every time they decide to uh, congregate in the middle of our interstate, just kind of impromptu, right? Nothing's being done about that. This is like the third time they have uh, gotten together. Um, so you would think that that our gang-friendly mayor could find it within her, you know, beauty schedule, uh, her mayor named Keisha campaign, the Black Girl Magic campaign, 
um, to find time to keep Atlanta residents safe while we're on the race baiting tour of it's all President Trump's faults and the fault and those damn Republicans, those racist Republicans, uh, inciting racial lynching like that of Ahmad Arbery. That is what we have representing us in the state of Georgia as Georgians who um, deserve a chance to be united and to stand for justice. So I am very pleased with this pick. Uh, This is a woman who has worked closely with the GBI director prior to his appointment. Uh, He was the Cobb County District Attorney, um, a man, man, in my humble opinion, above reproach, a ball buster, an ass kicker. And this woman is uh, no less the same. So everybody, please welcome and pray for Cobb County District Attorney Joette Holmes. Joette Holmes apparently is going to be appointed to this uh, case and to seek justice in the case of Ahmad Arbery. Great, great, great. I mean, this is just awesome. Christmas morning here at the Matthews House. In coronavirus news, it appears that the coronavirus task force, uh, several members of the task force are taking to self-quarantining after um, someone uh, tested positive who was in their close proximity. Um, You also have Vice President Pence, who has decided to... um, wear his mask finally (laughs) he was also self-isolating this weekend after his aide tested positive for COVID-19 that's not good so we keep him in our prayers as well 45 states have so far have begun to ease restrictions to varying degrees on Monday all manufacturing workers can return to work in Michigan that's good bars and restaurants in Indiana can operate at 50 percent capacity barbershops and salons can reopen in most of Florida A federal judge granted a temporary restraining order this weekend that allowed churches to reopen in Kentucky immediately as long as they follow social distancing and hygiene guidelines. Uh, Meanwhile, phase one of Governor Andy Beshear's phased phased reopening plan sees the following businesses reopen Monday. Ready construction, dog grooming and boarding, horse racing without fans. Uh, manufacturing, professional services, and vehicle or vessel dealerships. Monday, uh, New York Governor Cuomo is expected to outline, which I'm sure we've already heard by now. I quit tuning into him weeks ago. What could happen when the New York pause order expires May 15th? Some regions of the state could qualify for reopening. The latest daily death toll in New York State was 207. The governor says that that number takes us back to almost where we started about a week in. Um, Governor Cuomo also says that the state's health department is now investigating 85 cases of COVID-related inflammatory illness in children. The condition known as pediatric multisystem inflammatory syndrome has similar symptoms of Kawasaki disease. Uh, two additional deaths are also being investigated. So along those lines, I, I know you guys are really tired of being trapped in the house and you want to give your kids, you know, a fantastic summer. Would you please just simply exercise caution whenever it comes to your children being around other little, little Petri dishes? Children, I think I heard my newscast here at our station this morning use the term vector, like children are are vectors for this particular 
um, virus. Um, you know, keep your children out of play areas. Uh, we see parks here where they're just littered with kids on, on swings and in the sand and in the dirt and on slides. And if I still had a little person, that would not be the place I would take my child. So it's, you know, it's, I just think use wisdom. I think for you to be able to slowly open the, the country back up, what you're seeing like in Seoul, Korea, as I understand it, there's a nightclub uh, that is kind of ground zero for uh, uh, 34 new cases, the biggest single day increase since April the 9th. There, these infections are linked to a 29-year-old 20, man who tested positive on May 6th. They were all in a nightclub. So as you guys are preparing to get back out into the world, you know, we see this kind of rebellion going on here in the city of Atlanta where people have said, whatever, up yours, we're going to do what we want to do. Uh, that is by and large bred by the um, rebellion from leadership in city government, which tends to trickle down. There's no respect for authority. And when that happens, uh, people are going to put their own lives at risk. And you can keep diverting, you can keep, uh, you can keep uh, passing the buck, just like we did in Glenn County. Uh, our mayor can continue to pass the, back, the buck back up to the White House um, with regard to, you know, the, this, this overarching attitude of, of um, inflammatory rhetoric that comes out of the White House because of the candor of the president, right? The president's candor is what Marikeisha Lance Bottoms refers to as, you know, stoking the fires of racism throughout the country, which I could not possibly disagree with more. Um, I think what stokes the fire of racism uh, covertly, quite honestly, is when you have a presidential administration who tours the country at black, historically black colleges and universities that every single commencement speech says, you know, hey, congratulations, but welcome to the world of white folks and you guys are still going to have it really difficult. Well, that's one way of setting people up for, you know, failure. Thanks. But at least you look good and you said it eloquently and you smelled good and you're the first black president. So we'll give you a pass on that. Right. And no one can criticize it because, hey, remember, you are the first black president. Anyone who criticizes it must be a what? That's right. A racist. So then you practice the same thing here in city leadership. And with all of that, we're one, we're trying to be one, but we know that we're still, we got racists in the world. You know, we just keep reminding people of how crappy some people can be. And it trickles down into our generations who believe you because you look like them. See how that works? It's awful. It is horrible. So today is the day that I want to encourage you to get out. In our state, it is positively gorgeous. It feels like a fall day, actually. I think we're in for a couple more days of this beautiful weather. Uh, keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself positive. Keep yourself well-informed. Keep yourself hydrated uh, and connected to the ones you love. Connect yourself to truth. Get into your Bibles and read some positive life-bearing, fruit-bearing, fruit-of-the-spirit-bearing uh, words of encouragement and hope. Because, listen, if you say that you love God, then you love the God of what? Hope. Not racism, not confusion, not hatred, not vitriol, but the God of of hope and the God of justice. So justice will be served. It is us. It is up to us to follow the due process of justice, to elect people who are like-minded with regard to the pursuit of justice. That 
is our role as American citizens. Okay, until tomorrow, you can find me on Twitter at Monica On Air Talk, Monty Matthews on Facebook, MonicaMatthews.com. You can sign up for my newsletters at MonicaMatthews.com. I've been completely waning on that front, as well as my podcast. My apologies. Um, I've had, you know, COVID-19 things going on in my own life. No, I'm not positive. No, no one near me is positive. <laughs> uh, but... This, the quarantine, shelter in place, all of that has definitely taken its toll on all of us. So thank you for hanging in there with me. Thank you so much for all of your positive, sweet, kind, loving Mother's Day wishes for me yesterday. And all of your prayers, all of your positive thoughts and vibes. I really appreciate you guys. I love you. Be good to your neighbor, beginning with yourself. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.